Reaction, though, simply was that they just attacked my product. They just attacked corn directly, and farmers were upset. Farmers were pissed. You have this great big company coming in and poking at a product that we produce. But I think, really, our farmers took it very, very personally. I said, you want to respond to Bud Light? Like, I mean, are you kidding me? And he's like, no, I'm serious. I, I think we need to make a statement here. Hello and welcome to Wherever John May Roam, the National Corn Growers Association podcast. This is where leaders, growers, and stakeholders in the corn industry can turn for big picture conversations about the state of the industry and its future. I'm Dusty Weiss, and I'll be introducing your host, Association CEO John Doggett. You can join John every month as he travels the country on a mission to advocate for America's corn farmers. From the fields of the Corn Belt to the D.C. Beltway, we'll make sure that the growers who feed America have a say in the issues that are important to them, with key leaders who are shaping the future of agriculture. If you haven't yet, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. That way, you can take us with you in your truck, your combine, or on your next business trip and never miss an update from John. Also, make sure you follow the NCGA on Twitter, at National Corn, and sign up for the National Corn Growers Association newsletter in your email at ncga.com. With the Super Bowl just a few days out, a lot of corn industry folks will once again be thinking about a Super Bowl ad that ran during last year's big game. In it, Bud Light launched a year-long attack against the corn syrup that Coors Light and Miller Light used during their brewing process. This misleading smear campaign could have been a new low point in what was already a bad year for corn producers, but instead, the National Corn Growers Association teamed up with Molson Coors, the company behind Coors Light and Miller Light, and together, they hit back against Bud Light parent company Anheuser-Busch and made it hurt. Today, we're going to tell you how. John, this is perhaps the highest profile news story in which the National Corn Growers Association was involved this past year. So it makes sense to have some high profile guests to discuss it. And we have filled a room with them today. This is a veritable who's who of the corn industry and the brewing industry. Who do we have on the show today, John? Well, Dusty, you know, uh, one of the things we find out in life is uh, when the chips are down, you know who your friends are. And certainly uh, the folks at, at Molson Coors have been our friends in the aftermath of the horrible, awful ad at the Super Bowl. And so uh, we're joined today by Adam Collins, uh, the Chief Communications Officer at Molson Coors. And Adam, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. So there's another big player in all of this uh, issue, and that's uh, Americans Coors Farmers know him well, but he came uh, an internet famous sensation after the controversy, and that's uh, NCGA's president, Kevin Ross. Kevin? Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for having me on the show, John. It's a pretty crazy set of circumstances that brought infamous or famous or whatever you want to call it <laughs> on the internet. You never know what life is going to deal you, and so... <laughs> Speaking of that, here's the guy who uh, who bore the brunt of the pressure uh, when this story first broke, and that's NCGA Vice President of Communications, Neil Kasky. Uh, and good morning. I'm, I'm happy to declare that I am a reformed Bud Light uh, drinker and, uh, and happy to be sitting right next to uh, the latest internet sensation and influencer. So maybe there's something with that, Kevin. Well, this is fantastic. I, uh, I kind of joked around uh, with my wife ahead of time, but I feel like instead of Ocean's Eleven, we're talking with Doggett's Four here today. This is just uh, a phenomenal crew of people, great cast of characters, and a great story uh, when you come right down to it. The National Corn Growers Association really has one job, and that's put American corn growers in a position where they can thrive by advocating for their interests. And there are dozens of ways that the NCGA does this job. And while that work touches the lives of our growers every day, it's not usually high-profile, headline-grabbing stuff. That was not the case a year ago. This is the exception that proves the rule. And it's a fascinating story that began about a year ago, the Super Bowl. I remember where I was. I'm sure you all remember where you were as well. It made headlines around the world and took the National Corn Growers Association into a very public feud with the largest beverage company on the planet, Anheuser-Busch. And it all started with a dumb ad during the Super Bowl. So, John, it was Patriots-Rams on February 3rd, 2019, 
What was going on with you and the NCGA during that time? We had a couple hundred growers in the great city of Denver. Uh, By the way, there's a small suburb uh, outside of Denver uh, called Golden. And uh, a group of us were sitting in a restaurant, uh, Neil and I and some of the other staff and my son were, were watching the game and all of a sudden this ad comes on. And I looked at Neil and Neil looked at me and I looked at Neil and I said, Neil, you're the communications guy. Now what are you going to do? Neil, how did it feel to be uh, suddenly thrust into that spot in the middle of a football game that you were just trying to enjoy? On the game itself and just on behalf of my fellow St. Louis employees, there, there were two crimes committed. Uh, that The one was the ad. The other, that Stan Kroenke St. Louis Rams or formerly St. Louis Rams, rather, the L.A. Rams were allowed to, to play in the Super Bowl. And so you St. Louis football fans just can't catch a break. Well, hey, we, we have, you know, the, the, the Chiefs are our team now. So, you know, it, it's, it's moving along. Um, so, yeah, so I was three months into the job uh, and uh, I was planning on probably having a few Bud Lights and uh, watching that game, rooting hard against the L.A. Rams and uh, Stan Kroenke in particular. And uh, obviously th- those, those plans changed real quick. Uh, I think the, the biggest thing, aside from my boss looking at me uh, and his son sitting right across the table and wondering you know, what we're going to do, the biggest thing that was crossing my mind is what happens if we don't and we wake up tomorrow with a, a room full of 150 farmers, what are we going to say to them uh, when they realize that they were blindsided by that ad and realize that someone should have done something and then realize that that someone should have been us? Uh, so the biggest thing that was probably uh, driving me was just fear of, of not having a job come Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and always an effective motivator for uh, sure. as well. What about you, Mr. Ross? Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your recollection of that night. I was watching the Super Bowl uh, at my seed dealer's shop uh, back in my hometown of Underwood there in uh, southwest Iowa, and um, our kids had a 4-H meeting, and uh, so we were watching the Super Bowl uh, while they were conducting their, their business for the club, and and uh, and my my uh, good buddy John, he had he had offered me uh, beer. He said, there's beer in the fridge over there, and I, <laughs> I said, well, I probably ought to wait till after the 4-H meeting's over for the kids, you know. I want to set a good example there. So, so I, I hadn't even had a beer yet uh, watching the game, and that, um, you know, that commercial comes on, and uh, I kind of was looking at it kind of funny. I hadn't really been paying complete attention, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. And his look to me was like, what the heck, you know, is going on here? And then immediately my uh, my phone started blowing up with text messages from uh, from farmers um, from all over the country, and uh, and then very quickly. Um, couple of the text messages that came through were from uh john doggett and neil caskey and saying where you at are you in denver yet and and uh <laughs> and I, so I was taking an early flight the next day and so i was still back home um we we uh got those two text messages i said i'd be out there in the morning and and uh immediately neil calls me up and and says hey i think we want to respond to this and uh <laughs> And my reaction was, I said, you want to respond to Bud Light? Like, I mean, are you kidding me? And uh, and he's like, no, I'm serious. I, I think we need to make a statement here. So Clapping back against uh, Goliath there. And I want to get back into the tactics that you guys use to fight back against this uh, in a second here. But first, did you all have any clue, John, what was coming? We had no clue whatsoever that that ad was going to air. Um, I mean, at the table where we were sitting and having dinner and watching the game, uh, jaws were hitting the table and it was just, wow. Uh, we did not see that coming at all. And, uh, you know, cause when the ad opened up, you know, I was, I'm a bit of a, a game of Thrones fan and you know, you, okay, you got the castle and all this stuff. And I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. And then all of a sudden it took another direction and we had no clue whatsoever. You and I, by the way, later need to discuss the finer points of Daenerys Stormborn, Mother of Dragons in a little bit. But uh, uh, that much said, it was about halfway through the first quarter and this ad airs. And it was kind of silly. It was essentially a political style attack ad that went after Miller and Coors for using corn syrup as a brewing aid and implying that there was something wrong with that. What went through your heads when you saw that, Kevin? I think collectively, uh, through the farmers' heads that were watching this attack ad, attacking a, a good product, a fantastic product that they've used for years, and and that many brewing companies, including AB, um, use in so many different uh, brewing processes. Uh, the reaction, though, simply was that they just attacked my product. They just attacked corn directly, and farmers were upset. Farmers were pissed. 
John, I get the feeling that a lot of folks in the general public who maybe didn't grow up around the farm life don't necessarily understand the pride that goes into raising that product out of the ground and all that. Can you explain that for anybody that's maybe not plugged into that life? Well, sure. And and, and you got to remember the context of, of uh, a year ago, uh, prices then, as they are now, were very low. Uh, farmers were looking at some really tough times. The trade situation was not good. You know, they felt like they'd just been beat up and beat up and beat up. And here you have this great big company coming in and poking at a product that we produce. But I think really our, our farmers took it very, very personally. Um, you know, farming is not a profession. It's not a job. It's, it's a life. And so that's why it was so important for us to have a, a very strong and a very articulate uh, response to that. But it also needed to be simple, and it needed to be simple enough that it really resonated not only with corn farmers, but with the, the rest of the public. W- one of the things, you know, we asked Molson Coors was, did you know what, what AB was up to, Adam? Yeah, no, is a short answer uh, there, John. I mean, uh, like everybody else here at the table, I've got my own sort of bizarre story from the night of the Super Bowl. I was uh, supposed to be at a neighbor's house watching the game and enjoying you know, a couple beers. Uh, that's not how my night went. Uh, um, we sort of had an idea that something might be coming. Uh, you know, during the week ahead of the Super Bowl, Anheuser-Busch released their ads for every single brand with the sole exception of Bud Light. Stella, Budweiser, Bon & Viv, everything except for Bud Light, which I thought was notable. There was a reason, right? And then Friday night before the Super Bowl, uh, we saw a single piece of point of sale that had each of the three brands and their ingredients. It didn't say, didn't have red arrows or anything like that. It didn't have any, just here are the brands and here are the ingredients. So it was Saturday morning, uh, I was at my uh, two little boys. Uh, I was at indoor baseball for anyone who's got kids. You try to find a way to burn off energy in the winter. And I sort of put this together. It's like, something's up here, right? So I got on the phone with our leadership and said, we, we need to be ready. We need to figure out what we're going to do because I think that these two things are connected, right? So we started putting together a plan for how we might react in that moment, sort of scale up, scale down. But what would we do if they sort of inferred or if they went really hard at us? What would that look like? How would we think about how we're going to respond? We put out an image that tried to reframe the conversation back towards something that was positive as opposed to negative. I think there's a there's a whole conversation around that kind of advertising, uh, but something that was positive and we knew worked for us. Um, so fewer calories, fewer carbs, more taste. Uh, from Miller Light, try to reframe the conversation that we thought if they're going to attack us, this is a good place to be. But boy, I tell you, when that when that when that ad hit, and I was sitting on my bed in my bedroom while everyone else in my family was enjoying the Super Bowl and having fun at the party, I sort of shaking my head, right? Because you know we were as shocked as anybody that uh, Anheuser Busch would take that path, not just attack us and attack our beers, but as as you noted, um, attack the ingredients and the uh, the great farmers all across the country who who grow them and make our great beers possible. So, you know, we, um, we've we developed a great relationship with you personally and with your company, but had you ever heard of the National Corn Growers Association before that night? Uh, no, I had not. I had not. But, uh, what? I know. Neil. Neil. Neil, Neil, that's, Neil that's your God. fault. He'd only been in the job three I months. Uh, um, he should have had that done the second week. <laughs> uh, I thought we worked on this answer. Uh, yeah. No, um, I hadn't. You know, but what I can tell you is Neil and I got connected at, I, I think it was about two o'clock in the morning, at the Sunday yeah. night into Monday. Um, we got connected up through somebody inside my company who knew somebody inside the uh, corn growers. It might've been one of the States or something. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Andy Jobman. And so he had some connection to uh, Miller Coors and there was some- Andy's was, a Nebraska boy. Yeah, a Nebraska farmer. And, uh, yeah, so I, and I don't know that it kind of laddered up to me and then I sent her a message and then yeah, 2 AM we, we were connected. So. Yeah. We didn't sleep a lot that night. We didn't. No. Or for yeah. the next couple of weeks as yeah. I understand it. But uh, yeah. no, that's, uh, that's crisis response 101 and uh and you guys handled it masterfully i have to say from my outsider's perspective here i remember sitting in the basement and watching the super bowl i had a bunch of people over and and i saw that ad and i went whoa shots fired and then because i'm a marketing and pr junkie i had my phone out and i was watching twitter and so i watched first as the ncga fired back on twitter and and then kevin as your tweets started circulating on the internet and kind of sat there and, and looked at a couple other PR buddies that I had in my basement with me and said, 
this is the start of something and this is going to go on for a long time. So John, can you talk us through how you structured your response in the immediate hours after Budweiser came after you guys? Sure. So Neil and I talked about it and, and the thing that really concerned us was um, AB is a, is a company that is you know, St. Louis based and we're St. Louis based. And, and you would have thought that they might've picked up the phone and said, you know, we're going to air this ad and this is what we're thinking about doing. And, you know, there was no heads up at all. And, and I think that was part of the, the disrespect that we felt from AB was here's a company that that's in St. Louis and we're in St. Louis. Why are we having this kind of situation going on in the Super Bowl? Because you know they had to spend a whole lot of money on that thing. And so we just had to respond. Neil, you composed the statement uh, that the National Corn Growers Association came back with and, and tweeted in the immediate aftermath there. What message did you want to drive home with that statement? And how did you pass the ball then to Kevin, the president, to the National Corn Growers? Yeah, I think for the, for the most part, we wanted to express our disappointment. And, and if, if nothing else, we wanted Bud Light to, to know that, hey, you, you crossed the line. And to John's point, we're in the St. Louis agribusiness community together. I mean, we, we actually sit in meetings together that we, at luncheons and, and just break bread and try to figure out how we can make the St. Louis agribusiness community better. And so that was surprising. Um, and then obviously just the, the fact that they were kind of tearing down corn products and by extension, cor- corn farmers, you know, we had to do something. And I think the word, um, you know, we didn't want to go over the top. We didn't think that was necessary, but we wanted to make sure that they knew uh, we were disappointed with them. And then we kind of, you know, we, we, we threw a Hail Mary and figured we would say, hey, thanks, Miller Lite. Thanks, Coors Light for, for standing with us. And so, uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you guys picked up on that or not. And that was literally just a, it was a Hail Mary. Neil, I, I hate to break it to you, but I think my first awareness of the National Corn Growers was, was Kevin's tweet, which was... Uh, ah, strike two. Was me- it was memorable. It was memorable. <laughs> the way that played out, though, um, as I said, the you know, farmers were texting me saying, you know, we got to do something. And I, I had no idea what what to do. But uh, the phone call with Neil, he said, he said we want to respond. I said, well, what are, you, what are you thinking? And 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 Neil said, well, I, you know, maybe pour out some beer or something. I don't know. And and it was, I mean, it was literally this quick, it happening so quickly that we were all, I think, brainstorming within, you know, minutes. And this was probably, I don't know, five minutes after it aired maybe or something like that. It was really quick. I said, all right, I'll, said, I'll have you a video in, in, you know, five five minutes or so. And <laughs> so I knew my seat dealer had some beer in the fridge because he'd offered it to me. And uh, uh, and luckily it, it was uh, Bud Light. He only had four of them. <laughs> and uh and we did four takes because we had a we had a room full, a hotel full of farmers that could have done this thing. And and John's like, no, believe me, I, I've got the perfect person for, for this yep. job. Yep. I'm and sort of curious, Kevin, who who shot the video? Uh, my wife did, actually. Yeah. So that, I was asked that question as well uh, very quickly after the video went on the Internet. Um, so, yeah, it was a very small bathroom that uh, these videos were taken in. The, uh, but your wife was comfortable with it. Just, yeah. just What did your wife think? She, uh, you'd have to ask her. I can tell you the reaction when I first, you know, she she generally shakes her head at me and most of my ideas anyway. So this is, uh, it was just kind of an extension of normal reaction. So, you know, we, we did that, at, issued that at Rock Bottom Brewery in downtown Denver. And so, uh, of all places, I think that was like the only place we could get a reservation for however many with John. Yeah. And so I, I didn't know, I think I went back to eating my French fries and thinking, you know, it was going to be like a smooth night. Uh, we got, John got an email from, I don't know if you want to talk about the, you know, what, five minutes after that. It was maybe five, 10 minutes later, uh, uh, after we sent the first tweet, I, I got an email from a fairly senior person at AB, um, uh, wondering what was going on and and could we talk? And uh, at that point, I made the decision that it was probably not good for me to talk to him at that time. And we would wait until the next morning because I wasn't happy and uh, I didn't see anything that was going to get uh, done that night that was going to be uh, beneficial to anybody. It's kind of one of those moments where it's uh, maybe a little bit more fortuitous to hold your tongue and uh, compose your thoughts. And, and I uh, don't do that often either, you know, but this was an exception. So, so John, you know, he's the, the DC background. And so he, he he's playing uh, the, the role of diplomat. I, you know, to me, when, when I saw that, I'm like, okay, you know, this Hail Mary, that got through to somebody. And it's like the, the time to negotiate is not now. No. The time to escalate 
uh, is is when we received that email. And that's kind of when we we reached out to to Kevin. And like, and so if the if that tweet was kind of like the spark, I would say that the internet sensation to, to my left here was the uh, diesel fuel that just uh, you know kind of took it to the next level and apparently got Adam's attention so it definitely got yeah. uh, definitely got my attention well you know when, when, when I got the when I got the email from the AB exec and and I found out that he was at the game with his boss's boss and uh, you know that had to have been a very very uncomfortable situation yeah. in that suite because uh, all of a sudden they're you know they're patting themselves on the back about this great ad. And, and now they're finding out that they've got uh, thousands and thousands of corn farmers around the country who are just mad as they can be. At what point did you guys realize that your tweet and the video that followed it had really made a difference, was really landing? So the tweet, you know, we finally uh, put it out and it was just the four takes, all four beers got used. And the fourth one was uh, good enough saying, you know, but it was just saying that, uh, Hey, you know, if you're not standing with us uh, and corn farmers aren't standing with you and, uh, I think that was uh, a simple enough statement, but it was um, certainly something that farmers were, uh, again, they were mad. And so uh, I think it was quickly shown that, uh, that farmers meant that too. And, you know, we put it out third quarter or so in the Super Bowl or maybe early in the fourth by the time it went out. But I got home that night and crawling into bed and, and uh, my wife says, um, you know, your video's got like 2,000 some views already. And I said, Really? I said, is that a lot? Because I honestly, I was like, I don't know. I've never, never posted a lot of videos before of, of myself on anything. And, and, uh, she's like, well, that's pretty, pretty fast. And, um, and by the time I got to the bathroom and brushed my teeth and crawled back and, you know, and actually got in bed, she goes, there's another thousand on there. And I was like, wow. Just in the time uh, it took you to brush your teeth. Yeah. I said, that's, um, well, that's sounds like, sounds like it's moving pretty fast, but I didn't think much of it. And then uh, woke up the next morning and I was, you know, catching a, a 6 a.m. flight, I think, from to Denver. And by the time I got to the airport, saw there was more views. And by the time I landed in Denver, though, I got on the ground and I had, as soon as I turned my phone back on, I mean, there was like text messages coming in like crazy from buddies of mine all over that are saying, you know, I saw your video. And I knew as soon as I turned my phone on there that, that, holy cow, we, we hit a home run or this thing went viral or something. You know, I didn't really know what all the effect was going to be, but at that point, you knew it was, um, you know, it was pretty big. So if this is a movie, this is the point now where we cut over to Miller, uh, headquarters, I should say Molson Coors headquarters. Um, what was going through your guys' minds at this point? You had this ad that was launched attacking you. You sort of had an inkling that it was coming, but you really didn't have any idea what a big attack yeah. it was going to be. So what was your immediate sort of war room approach to yeah. responding to that? Boy, I tell you, when that, when, that, when that ad hit, and I was sitting on my bed in my bedroom while everyone else in my family was enjoying the Super Bowl and having fun at the party, sort of shaking my head, right? Because they, it wasn't just that they attacked us. They attacked... Uh, corn farmers. They attacked an American ingredient. I mean, who who, who attacks American farmers? I, I, I it boggles the mind. It seems counterproductive. Well, <laughs> to me. yes, that's a nice way to put it. I, you know, I would say it's uh, it's it was as bizarre as it was brutal. So you know, we had a corporate tweet, much like the corn growers did, uh, that we fired off uh, really quickly. We didn't actually think they were going to go to the full extent as aggressive as as they possibly could, but that's what they did, and we were trying to plan over the course of the night, what are, what are we going to do tomorrow? How, how do we think about this? And that's when we got connected up with Neil. And uh, turns out, as I found out from Neil, that the corn growers are in Denver, which is John alluded to earlier, is a, is a few minutes away from Golden, Colorado, which is the largest brewery in, uh, in the United States where they brew Coors Light and Coors Banquet and a lot of other really wonderful beers. So I went into the office. Neil had been there for three months. I'd been, in the off- I'd been on my job for six weeks. Very new. Don't really know what the boundaries are of what you should and shouldn't ask for. So I went into my office and asked my boss. I said, hey, um, the corn growers are, are in Denver. Do you think we could get Pete Coors to drive over to their meeting in a giant beer truck and hand deliver a whole bunch of beer? And that was awesome. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. The answer was yes, we can definitely do that. And so we did. And it was the start of a, of a really great partnership. You know, there's an old adage that beer brings people together. And in, in this case, out of some really ugliness from the country and the, and the world's largest brewer, 
became a really great partnership where we've, we've been able to work together and we're sitting here together, you know, a year later now having this conversation and looking back and sort of chuckling about it now. It wasn't so funny at the time, but it's a great partnership that we've been able to generate as a result. Uh, Adam had been on the job for six weeks and, and Neil had been on the job for three months and, and neither one of them knew what they couldn't do at that point. And sometimes that's the best way to act is act like, you know, you don't know what you can't do. That was proven to be a pretty effective way to, to deal with this. It never hurts to ask. At what point, Adam, did you realize that you had a real ally in the corn farmers, not just for, you know, the week or something like that, but someone with whom you could build what's now shaping up to be a partnership that looks to have some real legs on it? It was it was pretty quick. I mean, we, we, so we had Pete Coors go deliver the beer, which was a fun, great thing to do. It was nice. Neil and I were talking. I said, well, you guys want to go visit the brewery? In Golden, it's right up the road, so we can do that. Um, so we sent him up with a brewery tour, and I think y'all had some beers in the Bill's bar. In the Bill's got Bill's, a cool T-shirt. Yeah, yeah Neil's got <laughs> Neil's got the T-shirt on there. Um, but in Bill's, and it really blossomed pretty quickly from there, right? Because the reality is, yeah, they attacked Miller Light and Coors Light by name, and that's that's obvious. But they attacked corn. They attacked ingredients. They attacked uh, American farmers, and so you know, if you look at what at what took place over the over the following weeks, every day we were on the phone trying to figure out what you know what we what we would do next. I mean, because you can look back now and 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 like I said, chuckle about it, but the reality is in that moment it's an existential crisis for our brands, and I know. I know, you know, the corn growers felt similarly for their organization and for their members. You know, the fact is, though, that beer in general is, you know, brewed with grain. The spirits industry is made with grain. And, you know, to, to attack the ingredients of, and what's, you know, typically uh, in, in these industries, it's the highest quality that goes into all of these beverages that are made for, uh, you know, made for consumption. And I think it's just, it just makes the whole thing that much more, um, you know, bizarre. And it was just, it was awesome to, to have that opportunity to go to that brewery and uh, Golden and, and I think have that point made or, or, you know, kind of backed up to a lot of farmers that were already there and, and, and for our meetings. And um, it did, it solidified a great relationship, I think, moving forward. But, you know, the, the first night too, I got to go back to that, but having Pete Coors deliver a truckload of beer. I mean, I'm not kidding you. That was, that was just kind of a surreal moment. Felt like a Smokey and the Bandit, you know, <laughs> You're, you got the semi load of Coors coming in and um just one of those odd snowman. moments so who, who's the bandit and who's snowman <laughs> I, I, you know and you, everybody wants to be burt reynolds right you know? <laughs> so, um, I, it was just one of those deals that uh from that 24 hour turn to have where we were getting uh you know looking at this commercial going oh my goodness we just got you know kicked or punched in the gut you know and then to have that complete turnaround to, to say okay We've got a good response and we've got now a partner saying, Hey, we're with you. And that was amazing from, from a farmer perspective, uh, just to have that was truly something I think that farmers will never forget. It was, it was awesome. A few weeks later at, uh, the commodity classic, uh, uh, trade show that, uh, the national corn growers association is a partner in, uh, you guys took a, uh, fairly unprecedented step in recognizing uh, then Miller Coors, now Molson Coors, as a hero of the industry. Can you tell me about that? Sure, and that was that was just really neat um, because David Coors, Pete's uh, son, came and uh, was going to accept the award on the behalf of not only the Coors company but the Coors family. And I think that was important because uh, our, our industry is a family industry. And so there was very much a connection that was made uh, at the tour and where our folks saw – a multi-generational business that is not completely unlike their multi-generational family business. And so that was really cool. So when uh, when David came in, we had the dinner and and he and I were sitting together and we announced the award and and, and David uh, came to, to accept the award and he got a, a standing ovation. I mean, in a prolonged standing ovation. And then- We were cheering beer. Yes. John, I, you know, I mean, <laughs> but, I mean Dave, but, yeah. <laughs> we were cheering David too, yeah, but- yeah. Uh, <laughs> But it was, in, and then in uh, David's comments were, were very good and they were short, but they were very sincere. And it was, you know, we're standing with you because you've stood with us. Yeah. And so then when he, he left the stage, he got another rousing standing ovation, which I think just really showed- that uh, one, the appreciation that our folks had for uh, the Coors family and the, and the Coors company, just, you know, hey, these are our friends and relationships mean a lot to farmers. Uh, the other thing is, you know, farmers just felt like they've been kicked around enough. 
And finally, we're punching back, and we got a we got an ally in, in that, and that was just really, really important. It it lifted the mood for the entire commodity classic, and growers still talking about it. We had a we had a meeting here uh, earlier this week, and I heard it, this story yet again. So you know, it's it's one that's going to have some resonance for a long, long time. John, Kevin, and Neil have heard me say this. We're proud of our beers. We're we're proud. We think they're fantastic beers. They're great beers. Uh, and we're proud of the ingredients that make them possible, you know. And so to us, you know, we share the same pride that that farmers have in their crops. We have in, in our products as well. And, and you know, we we put up billboards, literally billboards across the country that said Coors Light had the famous Coors Light uh, Rocky Mountains uh, over a cornfield. Said you know we're proud of our uh, our beers and the, uh, we're proud of our ingredients and the and the farmers who grow them because that's real. It's how we feel, you know. And we did. We did a toast to farmers. We wanted we wanted to take this as a moment and figure out how do we sort of turn it on its head. I mean, beer is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be positive. Like I said, it's supposed to be something that brings people together. And so how do we take the ugliness of that moment and find a way to try to turn something and do something good uh, with it? So It's been an eventful year, and maybe starting with John Doggett, CEO of the National Corn Growers Association, is there a memory out of all those that's your favorite that stands out to you? I think the... Memory that I have of it was late that night, all of a sudden realized that we had hit the mark, that we touched something right, and that this thing was taking on a life of its own, and it was going to be really good. And it just kept getting better and better. And Neil would call me or text me or come over and, and tell me the next great thing that it was was happening. And you know, it just, I can't tell you enough about how pleased those farmers were that they had an ally. They were very pleased that their organization had stepped up in a, in a great way and fought back against one of the largest corporations in the world. That was pretty cool. Kevin Ross, president of the Corn Growers Association, is there a moment that rivals Pete Coors showing up in a beer truck, or is that it for you, man? <laughs> that <laughs> might be, uh, might just top it all, you know. That was just flat awesome. But um, then that tour and, and really having the chance to, to hang out with Peter and David Coors as well, um, those guys were so down to earth, just a, a lot of fun, um, but just really uh, the the, the having the time to talk to those guys and and learn a little bit about their family history and and uh, what they were doing um you know uh, john mentioned the relationships with uh with people and just how uh family businesses and things like that but it really gave us a chance to to chat with those guys and and really i think understand that from from their perspective too and um and then even having uh having david come to classic was uh, a lot of fun but then lastly having that chance to speak at the miller Coors conference uh also, I, you know, I've told a few people this, that you should always have on your bucket list of things you want to do is go to a beer conference because um, it was <laughs> it was pretty solid. Um, <laughs> the beer conference was it was different for me. You know, you learn learn different things about uh, a different company, a different industry uh, and, and so connected to ours that uh, that that was a lot of fun. But but being on stage with with Gavin Hattersley and, and uh, pouring out a beer with him, uh, um, that was that was pretty, pretty cool, too. And um having that opportunity to speak to all their distributors and and talk to them about um uh just about how we we saw this uh, uh this thing play out um that was an opportunity that, that they didn't have to give me they didn't have to uh put me on that stage with him and 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 give us that opportunity to, to, to chat with their folks um but that was an audience also that i think then then heard from the farmers to say thank you as well and again just a piece that kind of solidifies the relationship and and was a was a neat moment as well so a lot of cool memories from this thing and and hopefully there'll be a lot more going forward Neil Kasky, VP of Communications for the National Corn Growers Association. What's your favorite moment? Long term, it, it's the friendships. I mean, obviously, you know, Adam, I, when, when I reached out and said, hey, we're doing this thing, you know, we'd love to have you. It, it was, yes, he's like, and, and this is probably going to get you in trouble. He's like, you know, hey, I, I'm just going to say yes before we get in front of the attorneys. So just just count on it. So <laughs> we, we can't go back on it. But your friends do that. And and it's uh, uh, and David Coors, the, the funny thing, you know, we, we kind of talked about how we all felt, right, you know, when we first saw it. And we were going on that tour. And so I was kind of hanging behind the, the, the growers. And there's this guy, this kind of taller guy. Um, and I was just telling, you know, like how I felt. You know, and he's just listening. Just like, yeah, you know, man, yeah, I'm sorry. And then, and then. I just kept talking 
and it took about five minutes. I realized it was David Coors. Uh, so I have, you know, having friends like, like David Coors, you know, that, that clearly just listen, you know, it's his, you know, their namesake. And, and yeah. he was listening to how we felt. I mean, that, that says something, you know, just about the people behind that, that company. I will say, and, and we haven't touched on this, we have to toast to farmers. I mean, so we didn't know whether we should accelerate or decelerate this thing. And so, and then we, you, know, you guys came up with this awesome idea. You launched it in an incredible way. <laughs> if I'm being honest, as a fan of pop culture, as a marketer, that was pretty awesome, Adam. Yeah. Uh, the, the Toast of Farmers was, was really a, a huge moment for us. And, and one of my favorite moments, I mean, it really in this whole thing, um, we actually had the Brothers Osborne announce that we were doing this uh, during the Grammys, which was, which was pretty cool. It's crazy. It is crazy. And seven days after yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Seven days after the Super Bowl. And, you know, it was so amazing to me. So Neil and I uh, worked together and we had, you know, I had these big ideas, you know, how these things go. Um, I said, well, we're going to try to do this as, as set it up in as many communities as we possibly can. And we'll get our local distributor and maybe we'll get someone from the uh, NCGA. Uh, we'll try to have people from the company out in as many markets and many places as we can. But, you know, going in into these things, you don't actually know how many people are going to show up, you know, how many people will talk about it on, on social media, you know, which was really the idea. So the idea was there was a day, go out, Buy a Coors Light, have a Coors Light, literally raise your glass to farmers across America. That was that was the concept, right? And we pushed it, and the response was absolutely amazing. So um, Gavin, who's our CEO, uh, and I went to uh, Des Moines, Iowa, uh, where we met up with uh, our um, distributor, who's Mike Brewington, appropriately named, uh, and, and Craig, uh, who heads up the Iowa uh, corn growers. And we went to three bars, I think, out there. We had uh, Coors Lights. There were farmers... There's literally farmers who drove three hours to come be there uh, with us. Wow. And it was fantastic. I mean, I, I remember we went into a place, the, the first place we went to, which was my personal favorite of the of the stop, was the Hitchin Post. Uh, and it was jammed with people uh, in there to literally raise a Coors Light to farmers. And then getting in the car, getting uh, to go home, and you look online, you look on Twitter, and there are pictures of people doing this in Nebraska and in Kansas and in Wisconsin and in Illinois and in Ohio and in Indiana. My favorite picture, there is about 60 people in a bar in Baltimore, Maryland, toasting farmers in, a, in an urban center, raising a glass of beer, toasting farmers. And to me, that said, we're, we're onto something here. People want to be brought together. People want something positive. They don't want ugliness. They don't want this fight. People made the connection between grain and beer and then yeah. in situations like that. And that's, you know, always, I mean, for us, we're, you know, we're, we're steps away and, uh, from the final product in a lot of cases. And so that's something that, you know, we've really, uh, gained out of that. I think people realizing that grain is a huge part of many, many products that they use every day and consume every day. And that's uh, a really big piece of that. In a lot of ways, if you want to kind of try to be a silver linings type about this whole thing, I feel like the campaign that followed in the blowback really helped, especially for people living in urban centers like Baltimore, sort of connect the dots between where they live and where their food comes from. You know, we used to say growing up in small town Wisconsin that food doesn't come from the grocery store, it comes from the farmer. And in a lot of ways, I feel like this campaign that Molson Coors helped lead and the corn growers supported really helped connect those dots for a lot of people that hadn't given a lot of thought to that. Yeah. I, I, and I want to speak to that because John and I had this conversation. And so, you know, organizations like ours, we have spent millions over at least a decade trying to create meaningful connections between producers and consumers of food, because that's, that's important to ensure that we obviously have the, you know, the license to, to farm, if you will. And so, you know, They've been successful. Some have failed miserably. Uh, I will say that to have a big brand that interacts directly with the consumer to stand up and have things like a toast to farmer and put those billboards up along highways across the country, uh, you know, and I know that that wasn't cheap, but uh, you know, hopefully that wasn't like this massive, you know, campaign like AB probably spent on, on, on the Super Bowl. It did not uh, cost as much as a Super Bowl. And I, I can promise you that. <laughs> and to have a, a brand like, like Coors Light in this case to stand up, lift up the farmer the way you did. I mean, that, that, that was impactful. And I, and I, and I think that that's one of the reasons why you continue to see farmers react the way they do. I, I've been to 
countless uh, agricultural events over the past year. And I have not seen one Bud Light served uh, at any of those. And so, you know, I that's a know, fact. I don't know. I don't have actual data, but I have anecdotal evidence that Bud Light's not being served in agricultural forums in these days. I've been to a couple of those events uh, myself, Neil, and I've been to more than one that have been drank out of Coors Light. The uh, <laughs> Commodity Classics for one. Yeah. Commodity Classic is definitely one of those. Well, the other thing I know, having grown up in farm country, is farmers have long memories, and they're going to remember for a long time what Anheuser Busch did to them, and they're going to remember for a long time what Molson Coors did as well. You know, I think it's it's important to to remember that that folks won't remember what you said. They might remember what you did, but they'll certainly remember how you made them feel. And in this case, everybody felt good. And that's, that's been the lasting part of it, is you felt good. Adam Collins, you're the CCO of Molson Coors. We've discussed a lot about the response to these ads, but one thing that we haven't touched on yet that I think was worth hitting is the content of the ads themselves and the content of Molson Coors beer. So in these ads, Anheuser-Busch is hitting you for using a corn additive in your brewing process. They're not as precise about that, but that's essentially what it boils down to. But what does that mean and what role does corn play in the brewing process of Coors Light and Miller Light? Yeah, I mean, it's we've called it bizarre. I think you called it dumb earlier. I mean, I, there's a lot of adjectives you could use. I mean, it, the, one of the oddities of the whole thing is that it, it's not actually in the final product, right? Just in the same way that Bud Light, which uses rice as a fermentation aid, there isn't rice in the final product of Bud Light. This is sort of one of the strange things about the whole dialogue. It's yeast food, I think, as, as uh, somebody put it. Yeah. I mean, it's sugar that, that used to feed yeast to make alcohol. Yeast gobble up that sugar and then secrete. That's one way to put it. Alcohol. The interesting pieces about this is the fact that the whole you know home brewing industry has gotten so big that I think that the consumer was more aware of already how you brew beer than they had been you know fifteen twenty years ago. That um, I just think there's so many more people that are knowledgeable about about the process that that was you know a piece of this puzzle too, and people understood that hey, this is just a part of the uh, of the process and, and an ingredient that that we use to make a, a finished product. The American consumer, and when it comes to brewing knows more than they probably have in in decades i suppose you know 100 years ago they probably all knew how to make it but, but uh, <laughs> yeah. they didn't necessarily know how to make it well back then that's the thing yeah, but yep. uh that much said what do we think then anheuser-busch was trying to do with this campaign was this simply a case of kind of presenting only part of the facts and then hoping that the consumer would fill in that void in facts with something negative? What What's going on there? I think that's exactly what a lot of it was. There's uh, uh, you know, a negative connotation, I guess, if you will, around high fructose corn syrup over the years, which uh, is really a, a fallacy anyway. I mean, high fructose corn syrup is sugar is sugar. The fact is you can make it out of a lot of different plants, right? And different grains and things like that. And so it's not an argument that ever holds water. When you get to the actual consumer and the actual actual health side of, of sugars and syrups, sugar, sugar. And so, but at the end of the day, they were trying to go after a perceived issue within uh, a health issue for corn syrup. And, and uh, I think the consumer is just educated well enough now that they know it's not a, an issue at all. And so for them to have done that again, that's another piece that is just mind boggling that, that you try to go after that. And it's something that, you know, it's like 10 years ago, it was a, a big deal. And, and anymore it's, um, I think the consumer understands about the fact that there is no issues around around syrups and sugars. It's a food scare tactic. I mean, that's what that's the way I'd kind of characterize it, and I, I think that's I think that's wrong. So, Adam uh, Molson Coors sued AB for false and misleading advertising, and you won a preliminary injunction. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, you'd hope that a company of that size wouldn't strike out to intentionally mislead consumers uh, across America, which is you know what I believe and what we believe they did. We're proud that the the courts have ruled in our favor, I think, four times now. They haven't ruled in AB's favor yet. Um, not that I'm counting. 
Um, you know, but they were they were forced to take down some of the billboards. I mean, Anheuser Busch had Bud Light had billboards that married up with their campaign. They had um, no corn syrup printed on their packaging. So if you went to the store to buy it, it was on their Bud Light packaging. So they were forced by the courts to change their packaging. They were forced by the courts to take down some of their billboards. They were forced by the courts to remove some of the TV ads that they had been uh, that they had been running uh, as well. And and obviously they're they're appealing some of those uh, some of those decisions, but um, we think that the the courts have seen what, what we've seen as well about Bud Light and their intentions. Well, and I think one of the the interesting things in, in some of the trade pubs was this this notion that hey, finally somebody pushed back on this kind of advertising. And I and I know Neil looked at at some things in some of the the media uh, trade publications that said at last somebody did something and and some of my colleagues and some of the other commodity organizations they uh, envy's wonderful you know <laughs> I, but they they've said boy we wish we wish somebody had attacked us and, the, and we'd responded in the right way and i so i think we you know um, maybe maybe the upshot of this will be that companies will take a second look and a second thought about attacking some some ingredient that uh, need not be attacked. John Doggett, the CEO of the National Corn Growers Association, since Anheuser-Busch lost in the injunction phases, they've backed off of some of their attacks, but they continue in some ads to advertise their beer as being, and I'm quoting, corn syrup free. What message is that sending to you? Oh, it's it's sending the message that they've doubled down on, on stupid. But you only said that to me, so uh, that, that applies to AB too, right? Don't there. hold back, John. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, it seems like they're committed to this tactic for whatever reason. Well, you know, and, and the thing is, is that that in any big organization that expends a whole lot of money on something that, that didn't turn out, sometimes they'll go ahead and say, well, that wasn't a good idea. Let's stop completely. And sometimes they just say, well... If we don't do a little less of it, it won't be quite as bad. I'm I'm not sure what their rationale is, but we do know that the majority of these ads that they are running now uh, attacking corn syrup are not being run in the corn belt, and that's that's I think an indication that they understood how foolish this really was. Kevin Ross, you're the president of the Corn Growers Association. What do you make of this? I think I'd fire my ad company if it was me. <laughs> <laughs> they continue to you know to hit on. A sensitive topic and the farmers understand you know who stood up for them and who certainly um who stood against them and i think that's that's not going anywhere anytime soon it's worth noting that we're sitting here almost a year later and we are on the eve of another super bowl so i don't know if we have any highly placed sources inside anheuser-busch but adam collins the cco at molson coors do you know what are they cooking up for this year uh, I don't think they're they're gonna tell me. Um, so, uh, no, I don't. I don't know. And, and you know, and I don't think you know. Again, we will know until you know we see the ads like we did last year. What's the gut feeling around the table, fellas? Are we in for another controversy? Oh uh, my my uh, phone or my video on my phone is ready just in case. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think they're gonna. I, I think they. Uh, hopefully, they've learned their lesson. I, I think it was an embarrassment to them. That would be tripling down on stupid instead of doubling down on stupid. So I hope not, uh, but we are ready to respond if they do. Talking about the Super Bowl coming up, you know, I'll tell you a lot of the ads that are on there are products that are made from corn, Pepsi, or you've got uh, Doritos or things like that that'll be probably all over it. And, and many of these food companies or, or foods that are going to be advertised during the Super Bowl, a lot of these are made from, you know, the nation's corn crop. And I think that's a, it's not a, it's not a good look. To attack uh, all of food, you know, and and uh, you know whether it's an ingredient in it or uh, or you know direct you know beef or pork or whatever on the table, we're a part of it. Uh, the corn industry is a part of it, and this has been something I think for us uh, this whole uh, this whole situation talking about beer and how it's a key ingredient in most brewing processes. Um, this this whole discussion has brought that to light. I think people understand a little bit more about how corn makes you know or plays a bigger role in their daily lives than they realize and that was a a side benefit for us that uh we couldn't have got to without this thing happening like it did and and uh and now um i hope they i hope they see that i hope they realize that and uh i hope it makes that connection to back to the farmer you know we, we we have another 
ball game coming up, uh, and it'll be this summer, and it's the, the Field of Dreams game uh, in Iowa. And if any of you have seen the, the movie, uh, you know what, what goes on in the Field of Dreams. Uh, build it, and they will come. And uh, Neil's been working on that a lot. So, Neil, what, what do you have in store for us? You know, we talked about the, um, the, the Super Bowl. I don't have any predictions of, of what might happen in, in that game. I, I, for the record, I am pulling for the Chiefs. As uh, you know, a, a new uh, member of of Chiefs uh, Kingdom, so hopefully they'll be there and and get it done. I didn't know how we split up the territory when the Rams move out yeah, west. Yeah. But. So so yeah, I think Chiefs are are appropriately claiming St. Louis, at least West County St. So, Louis. Sorry, I thought we were tailgating. Now we're talking football again. Oh, that's right. So, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll join you there, Kevin. It's a cold day here in, in January, and so uh, but it won't be too terribly long that uh, we're going to be playing baseball in a warm cornfield. Uh, in, in Iowa. And so it, it's just kind of, it, it's funny, you know, how we went from a, a Super Bowl ad in, in, in 2019 that really uh, tried to kind of tear corn products and corn farmers down to, you know, in the days that, that followed, you know, we partnered with, with uh, Molson Coors to really begin to lift corn farmers up. And uh, in just a few months, we're going to be uh, celebrating corn farming uh, during a baseball game of the White Sox and, and the Yankees uh, this this August at the, I guess, the the commemorative. In the great state of Iowa. In the great state of Iowa. That's right. And so, uh, so hey, it's, 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 it's a good time. Uh, I know that uh, obviously it's been a, a rough, uh, rough go for, for many corn farmers, but uh, it is good to see that Major League Baseball and our friends at Molson Coors and others see the good uh, in the people and, and, and the products of, of corn farming. And we're going to be probably doing a podcast on that probably later in the spring. And, and this is going to be so exciting. We've been excited about this thing that we've been talking about for the last hour or so, but the next big thing that's going to be really fun, and, and you got to have fun in this business, and the next big thing is going to be, uh, be that game uh, in, in August in Iowa. Well, John Doggett, you're the CEO of the National Corn Growers Association. Do you have any last thoughts on this matter before we put this one to bed for the year? Well, you know, this has been a tough year. This last year was a tough year for farmers. Uh, the, the weather was horrible. Prices were bad. Uh, we had trade disputes. Uh, then we had uh, a major company take take a swing at us, but you know, again, as I, as I started with, uh, we know who our friends are now, and uh, we certainly have great friends uh, at Molson Coors. We're glad that we have that that relationship, and I'm I'm really proud of the work we did. Uh, Neil has just been outstanding. He's done a wonderful job in in shepherding this thing to to such a a great place, and it's really pretty cool. Uh, and I am so happy that what could have been a really bad deal, became a really pretty good deal. You know, the board uh, had a discussion a couple weeks before the Super Bowl, and one of our our, uh, board members, Kevin uh, Skunas from North Dakota, said, you know, it would just be great if we could have an ad at the Super Bowl. And, of course, you know, uh, the finance committee chairman uh, jumped up and said, well, we can't do that. But you know what? We had an ad at the Super Bowl, and it wasn't our ad, but it became our ad. And I think that's really pretty cool. Well, on that note, we've got uh, some cold Coors Light here. The mountains are blue. Some of us haven't cracked them open. I already opened mine. Yeah, <laughs> you're ahead of the game over there. But, uh, John, would you like to uh, propose a toast? Um, to our friends, uh, our new friends, and our long-lasting friends at, at Molson Coors. Thank you so much. There. Thank you. Toast to farmers. There's, All right. Well, this has been a great discussion. Neil Kasky, the Vice President of Communications for the National Corn Growers Association, Kevin Ross, you're the president of the Corn Growers Association. Adam Collins, the CCO at Molson Coors, and of course, CEO of the National Corn Growers Association, John Doggett. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this. I feel fortunate just to get to mediate such a fascinating discussion here. We've got so much more in store for the next edition of Wherever John May Roam, the National Corn Growers Association podcast. So thank you, John Doggett, for the opportunity. Thank you. That is going to wrap up this edition of Wherever John May Roam, the National Corn Growers Association podcast. New episodes arrive monthly, so make sure you subscribe in your favorite podcast app and join us again soon. Visit ncga.com to learn more or sign up for the association's newsletter in your email. Wherever John May Roam is brought to you by the National Corn Growers Association and produced by PodCamp Media, branded podcast production for businesses, podcampmedia.com. 
for the National Corn Growers Association. Thanks for listening. I'm Dusty Weiss.